Welcome to the live broadcast of a service for the worship of God, which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Grace Presbyterian peace, Church everyone. in Richmond, Virginia. Good morning and welcome to Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. Our interim pastor, Derek Starr Redwine's time has now been completed with us, but my name is Nelson Reevely, and I am the pastor for discipleship here at Grace Covenant. It's really wonderful to have you all here with us this morning, whether in person or over the airwaves or the internet, and whether you've been here for years or are here for the first time, it's a real blessing and gift to be together to worship the living God. We are a richer expression of God's kingdom when we gather together, and for that we give God thanks and praise. We are particularly blessed, doubly blessed this morning on two fronts. Uh, first, uh, we are thankful to have our very own Reverend John Scholler uh, preaching and helping lead us in worship and in prayer today. Uh, and in second, we have our new co-pastors, uh, Joanna and Calvin Sidner, here with us this morning uh, to worship the living God alongside us. As a reminder, the Sidners' uh, first day is going to be December 1st, uh, but they are here with us in worship today, and there will be a reception in the social room after worship uh, for folks to meet and greet them. Light refreshments will be served, uh, and folks are encouraged to grab a name tag, which I see a lot of you all have already availed yourselves of, which is wonderful. Um, the social room windows will also be open to help with airflow, and we just encourage folks to be mindful of social distancing. Uh, but this is a joyous occasion, a day that the Lord has made, and we just rejoice and are glad in it so deeply. I want to note as well that there is a lot going on at the church right now, and you can read about ways to get involved in the bulletin. I, I do highlight that we are collecting toy donations right now for Steps Christmas Store. Uh, you can see the insert about that in your bulletin uh, with more info, but donations can be left on the stage in the Fellowship Hall through November 30th. And I also want to highlight that our next blood drive is coming up right around the corner uh, next Saturday, November 27th. We have 28 of 45 slots filled, so if you haven't had a chance to sign up yet or harass someone to sign up yet, uh, please do so, and we can hopefully hit that 45 uh, donor number. Uh, and you can search for the blood drive at redcrossblood.org uh, just using the code GCPCRVA. Uh, last but certainly not least, please also just mark your calendars for lots of things coming up in December. Uh, we have uh, the church potluck dinner, the people dinner, people group dinner on December 4th at the Miller's Home. Uh, there's Camp Hanover Christmas opportunities coming up Friday, December 10th, and Saturday, December 11th. And then, of course, the candlelight service on December 19th. Um, and you can also order memorial uh, poinsettias. Uh, they just, the orders need to be in by December 6th. Lots more information on all these fronts uh, in the bulletin. Um, but now, I invite all of you all to stand as you are able and let us join together in the call to worship our God. Oh, let us worship God, our light and our salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of our lives. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing with glory of his name. Give him glorious praise. All the earth worships you. They sing praises to your name. Let us come into God's presence with thanksgiving, singing joyful songs of praise. Once again, welcome to the live broadcast of a service for the worship of God, which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church at 1627 Monument Avenue in Richmond, Virginia. This is the 98th year of radio ministry at Grace Covenant. Today's date is November the 21st, 2021, and today's broadcast is number 5017. This morning's sermon, entitled, What About Giving Thanks?, will be delivered by Reverend John Scholler, a retired Presbyterian minister who worships with our congregation along with his wife, who is a member. Assisting in the service today are Christopher Martin, our Director of Music and Organist, Reverend Dr. Nelson Reevely, our Pastor for Discipleship, the Handbell Choir, and the Chancel Choir. Our opening hymn is Come, Ye Thankful People, Come, which is number 551 in the Presbyterian Hymnal.
Sisters and brothers, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all stray from being the people God made us to be in small ways and in stubborn habits as individuals and together as communities and nations. So one of the first things we do as we come to worship our Lord and Savior is confess our sins, knowing that God's mercy is open to us through Christ and trusting that in confession, God cultivates our hearts and our minds to bear fruits of the Spirit. Let us bear our hearts together to God, using the prayer of confession as printed in our bulletin. Merciful God, we confess that we stray from your life-giving ways in thought, word, and deed. We fall short of following you with our heart, soul, and might. And as a result, we fall short of loving our neighbors as ourselves. Graciously reform us in your mercy. Create in us a wise heart and put a new and steadfast spirit within us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your life-giving ways. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, proclaim, hear, and receive the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Hallelujah. Amen. Please be seated. And let us pray now for God to illuminate our hearts and our minds. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy and thanksgiving what you say to us today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our Old Testament reading this morning is Psalm 65. Listen to God's word for us. Praise is due to you, O God in Zion. And to you shall vows be performed. O you who answer prayer, to you all flesh shall come. When deeds of iniquity overwhelm us, you forgive our transgressions. Happy are those who choose and bring near to you, that you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple, by awesome deeds. You answer us with deliverance, O God of our salvation. You are the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. By your strength, you establish the mountains. 
You are girded with might. You silence the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the peoples. Those who live at Earth's farthest bounds are awed by your signs. You make the gateways of the morning and the evening shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide the people with grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with richness. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. morning. It's nice to be here this morning. I am thankful for many things, several things. Thankful for the invitation by the session to be able to speak this morning. Thankful for this holiday week of Thanksgiving, time to give gratitude for all that God does for us. Also glad to be here to speak before our, our new co, 
Let's see, are they co-covenant pastors or covenant co-pastors? I don't know, but it's one or the other, but they're the same thing. Glad to have them here as well. I, I certainly know it's been through, uh, been around the block enough times to know that they're at a, a distinct disadvantage from all of us because we all know who they are, but they don't know us at all. So uh, be uh, kind as they try to remember names and that kind of thing, but you'll do well, I'm sure. So. But I'm glad to be here today, and I want to speak a bit about uh, Thanksgiving uh, this morning. Our gospel reading is there printed, uh, the verses are printed there, the the text at least. It's chapter 6, verses 25 through 35 from the Gospel of John. Uh, The very beginning of of John 6, Jesus is the famous story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with a young lad who brings the five barley loaves and two fish, and they have enough for all the multitude. Uh, A little time passes there, at least overnight uh, occurs, and the next day the crowd wants to see Jesus, and they don't know where Jesus is, so they go looking for him. And he's crossed over the Sea of Galilee. Um, and so in starting in verse 25 we read these words when they found Jesus on the other side of the sea they said to him rabbi when did you come here and Jesus answered them very truly I tell you you are looking for me not because you saw signs but because you ate your fill of the loaves Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. And then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven but it is my Father who gives you the, bread, uh, the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The word of the Lord. Jesus had a number of things to say about bread. In fact, the Gospels record Jesus using the word nearly 50 times. I think we all know what bread is. Bread is the universal staple. It's so ordinary that that very few of us ever give it a second thought. That is, until we don't have any. But no matter what your nationality, your race, your creed, your age, your income, or your IQ, you need bread. In In Asia, bread may be rice. Uh, in Central America, it, it may be cornmeal. In this Italy, it may be pasta. In some of the tropics, it may be plantains. In certain regions in Africa, it may be sema. Every culture can relate to this universal need for a staple for bread. Bread serves as a symbol for what we can't do without. In Lynchburg, 
It was the one item that our area emergency food pantry gave out to every client who requested food. Everyone receives a loaf of bread. Well, as you know, in his most famous and most familiar prayer, Jesus instructed his followers to pray for bread, at least enough for the coming day. The fourth century theologian and mystic Gregory of Nyssa noted with wonder, and I think with keen insight, that when one considers all that we need, the only thing Jesus permits us to ask for is something as simple as bread. Not cake, not donuts, not Twinkies, not even turkey and dressing and cranberry sauce and pumpkin pie with whipped cream on top. Only bread. Only bread. And that's, you know, because compared to bread, everything else is gravy. In other words, Jesus holds us to an austere standard whenever we ask our Heavenly Father to supply for our needs. We also aren't to ask God for a year's or a month's or a week's supply of what we need, but only a daily portion. Give us this day our daily bread. And this wouldn't be the first time that Jesus, uh, first time that the demand Jesus places upon his followers is for them to live simpler lives. And maybe you also noticed the humility uh, inherent in what Jesus says about bread. Essentially, it's an admission that despite all of our scientific know-how, our well-stocked grocery stores, and our deep freezers, we are nevertheless dependent upon God for that which is essential for our survival. Anyone will tell you that, that, that should the sun cease to shine and the rains cease to fall and the seeds cease to germinate, all of our accumulated human sophistication and ingenuity would be of little use to us. 400 years ago, our pilgrim forebears were well aware of just how dependent they were upon, as uh, I think it was Bradford put it, upon their beneficent father who dwelt in the heavens. A year after their arrival in the New World, with nearly half of their group dead, having been racked by disease, hunger, and diminishing hopes, but with their bountiful harvest in, there was a call for a special celebration in order to give thanks. Despite all that had been lost, despite every hardship that they had endured, they were still grateful to God for his providence. They knew the wisdom in the little rhyme. Back of the loaf is the snowy flower and back of the flower the mill and back of the mill is the wheat and the shower and the sun and the father's will. Now, I hate to disillusion some of you, maybe others of you know this, but, but most historians tell us that that Thanksgiving in 1621 was pretty plain. According to the only two primary accounts from William Bradford and uh, Edward Winslow, there was no cranberry sauce, no jello salad, no mashed or sweet potatoes, Pies weren't on the menu. They do make mention of waterfowl and wild turkeys and the five deer that the Wampanoag Indians provided and wild berries. 
But I think that it's very instructive that William Bradford mentions in his description of the Thanksgiving that the only thing that everyone received, as he put it, was a peck of meal a week to a person. And that's what? Uh, a peck is, I think, a quarter of a bushel, something like that. So every person each week got a quarter bushel of grain or meal, a meal. In other words, that says to me that they saw to it that everyone would have bread. Everyone would have that needed universal staple bread. And that's precisely why I think we see that Jesus uses the metaphor bread when he speaks about himself. I am the bread of life, he says. Because Jesus is saying that he is the one upon whom all human life depends. And that's in verse 6, 33, verse 33 in chapter 6. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And so it seems to me that we Christians are not to lose our sense of dependence upon God to provide us with what we need, physically or spiritually. Too much bread, too many material possessions tend to rob us, I think, of that essential understanding. Now, to my knowledge, the Bible nowhere teaches that a poor person is necessarily a better person or a more virtuous person than a rich one. But it does seem to say that those who are less encumbered are inclined to trust God more, whereas those weighted down with material things will naturally rely on their own resources rather than on God. There's something more to notice among these, the things that Jesus had to say about bread and I think maybe most important of all, Jesus employed, as you know, the first person plural pronouns us and our when speaking about, when speaking about it. We say it every week, give us this day our daily bread. We don't say give me this day my daily bread. And it's been suggested that these Plural pronouns obligate us to ask, can we pray for bread without sharing our abundance with those who don't have bread? That means that this us and this our add tremendous ethical and theological depth to what at first glance may seem pretty simple and may seem pretty straightforward. The great Sri Lankan Methodist minister, uh, missionary from the last century, a man by the name of D.T. Niles, put it this way, and he put it very well. He said, bread for myself is an economic, uh, is an economic problem, but bread for my brothers and sisters is a theological problem. And so providing bread becomes something that we can help God with when we give to others who are less fortunate than we are. St. Basil the Great made explicit in a sermon that nothing that belongs to us is ours alone, particularly that which is in excess of what we need. And he wrote these words over 1,600 years ago, back in the 300s. He said, the bread that is spoiling in your house belongs to the hungry. The shoes that are mildewing under your bed belong to those who have none. The clothes that are, in, that are stored, away in your, uh, stored away in your trunk belong to those who are naked. 
The money that depreciates in your treasury belongs to the poor. See, here's an admission that we are responsible for our neighbor's need. Every time we say the Lord's Prayer, I don't think we realize that, but that's what we're saying. After all, if we believe that Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus, when he affirms that he is all the bread we really need for life, then shouldn't we be encouraged to, to loosen our grip on those things that we so jealously clasp and guard and keep for ourselves? At least a little bit. I think a case could be made that today it is even more urgent, more urgent than ever, for us, to, for us Christians to pray for bread and to thank God for bread, rather than to think that it appears as, as if by magic on the shelves of supermarkets overnight. Now more than ever, individuals and families need to pray before meals if they are going to feel any sense of gratitude for what they have been given. In so many homes today, family life has become so frantic, it's become so frazzled that parents and children caught up with their busy schedules no longer have meals together no longer even have meals at the same table. One casualty of this frenetic, uh, frenetic pace has been the diminishing practice of prayer before meals, known as we know it, giving thanks or saying grace or offering a blessing. Surely one of the most important things we should do is teach every succeeding generation to name the reality of God's grace in their daily lives so that they express gratitude for that grace. That's what ancient, the ancient Psalm uh, 65, which uh, Nelson read a little bit earlier, was all about for the Hebrew people. It's part of their worship. They heard it or they read it repeatedly, prayed it. Praise for God for hearing their prayers, for his forgiveness for his creation, concluding with a thanksgiving for the harvest. And I mention this because the cost of neglecting the practice of giving thanks may be far higher than anyone has reckoned. You see, when we get to the point where we no longer understand bread to be a gracious gift from God, then it's not too big a stretch to draw a different conclusion. Namely, that our bread belongs to us. And if it's ours, then there really is no reason to give thanks to God for it, is there? As Dennis Amenis once said, as he dived into his dinner plate with delight, he says, Dad's paying for this meal so we don't have to say a blessing. Or something similar from our friend Bart Simpson. Bart's blessing before supper, maybe you heard it. Dear God, we paid for this meal, so thanks for nothing. I don't think any of us should want to live in a world like that. If we Christians no longer give thanks for our daily bread, if we no longer name the food we consume as a gift from God, but if we see it as something that we have earned, something that we have deserved, a personal possession, then it follows that we might also be unable to see the rest of our life as a gift for which we should be thankful to God, too. And I fear that Jesus' claim, his claim to be the bread of life, will only be met by such words as, oh, no thanks, we already have all the bread we need. But that means that 
there is no longer any reason for worrying about one's neighbor having sufficient bread. And that means that there's no longer any reason for asking if the bread one has been given is being used to redound to the glory of God. Which brings us to Thanksgiving. Our annual Thanksgiving celebrations provide us with an annual opportunity for giving thanks. And so if we can, during this coming week, let's carve out some time for some thankful thoughts. Whenever we do, I'm convinced that we commit ourselves to two ideals. We show our trust in God to provide us with what we need. And we also pledge ourselves to share some of what we have with others. Well, I don't think there's a better way to conclude a sermon than with the words from our spiritual forebear, John Calvin. Can't go wrong with John Calvin. This is what he wrote almost 500 years ago. We are well nigh overwhelmed by so great and so plenteous an outpouring of benefactions that we never lack reason and occasions for praise and thanksgiving. My friends, for all our many blessings, May the Lord make us truly thankful. Amen. You are listening to the live broadcast of a worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. You have just heard this morning's sermon entitled, What About Giving Thanks?, which was delivered by Rev. John Scholler, guest preacher. The congregation will now join in singing Let All Things Now Living, which is number 554 in the Presbyterian Hymnal. Sisters and brothers in Christ, having heard God's word read and proclaimed and responded in song, let us now respond in affirmation of what we believe together using the Apostles' Creed as printed in our bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. 
The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated. <clears throat> Let's now bow our heads for our morning prayer, which we shall conclude with the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. O gracious and loving God, you are great and greatly to be praised. It is no small thing that you love us and care for us. Your hand pours out an abundance of good things so that we are blessed beyond deserving. We praise you for the continuous cycles of seed time and harvest and the dependable sequence of time and seasons. We bless you for the Christmas of this morning and for our unique place in your world. We thank you that you are always mindful of us and that you supply for our needs. Beneficent Father, dweller in the heavens, you have been the refuge for your creatures in all times and places. We are grateful for a goodly heritage and for the faithful who have gone before us. Continue to pour out your benefits upon us, we pray. Age after age, the living wait upon you and discover that your faithfulness has no bounds. Give us such an awareness of your many mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth our praise, not only with our lips, but in the living of our lives, by the giving of ourselves in your service, and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. We pray this morning for those who in the coming days will be traveling uh, on busy highways or through crowded airports. Watch over them and keep them safe. Remember in your mercy all the poor and the needy, the friendless and the unemployed, the discouraged and the lonely. Grant us an active sympathy for any who suffer who are sick, or who bear a heavy burden. Lord God, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of your children. Bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus. Give us something of the courage of our pilgrim ancestors. May we venture forth trusting in your guidance and providence in every circumstance even when we cannot see the way. Help us to learn more about what it means utterly to trust in you. Despite the many times we disappoint, the frequency with which we turn away from you, we know that by your grace we remain your people. We are the sheep of your pasture, and we are sinners of your own redeeming. You have given us so much. Give us one thing more, we pray. Give us grateful hearts. And now hear us as we unite together in the prayer that Jesus taught to his followers by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. A reminder that we will have an opportunity to be with the sinners and meet and greet them in the social room after worship. But before then, I invite each of us now uh, to give as we feel called to support the ministries of this church prayerfully under Christ, ministries of worship and Christian education, ministries of fellowship and congregational care, and ministries of service to our neighbors near and far. You can give online at gracecovenant.org, or you can also mail in your offering or put it in the offering plates at the back of the sanctuary. Please give as the Spirit leads.
Lord, thank you for these gifts that come from the bounty of your good creation. We ask that you bless them so that they might be a blessing to others through our worship of you, study of your word, fellowship in your spirit, and service to others near and far. Make us wise and effective stewards to the glory of your name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our final hymn is We Plow the Fields, number 524. a simple thing like bread, God provides for your needs. Through the bread of life, Jesus Christ, God provides for your salvation. So then as you go out from this place, be filled with gratitude for all that God does for you that you cannot do for yourself. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you this day and forevermore. Amen.
For the past hour, you have been listening to the worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. Please join us again next Sunday through our radio ministry or in our sanctuary at 1627 Monument Avenue. I'd also like to remind you about the final Red Cross blood drive of the year that will be held here at the church in the Fellowship Hall that's coming up this Saturday, November 27th, between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. Your announcer today has been John Harris, and the engineer was Steve Kemp. This service streams live and can be accessed through the Grace Covenant website, which is grace-covenant.org. We now return you to the Truth Network on WLES 590 AM and 97.7 FM.